Hello everyone and welcome back to Guess Who's Single Again. I'm your host, Indy Hickey. Today we have part two. We have Nancy answering the listeners' questions and these are so, so good. I learned so much from this. The way she speaks, she's so eloquent. She makes every conversation so easy. You know, she doesn't use any jargon. It's really, yeah, her answers are absolutely incredible and so easy to follow and it just all makes so much sense so without further ado nancy questions from the listeners so these were the most common that came through so i just compiled them all together so basically the first one is why do i constantly uh yeah why do i constantly need validation from men and i'm attracted to men that aren't good for me Cool. So validation, again, is an innate requirement. Mm. We all, we all want to feel like people are proud of us and that they think we're pretty and smart and, you know, that we're a priority or we're yeah. important or of value, right? Mm. It's like, it is not this foreign concept that like, oh my God, I need validation. No, no, everybody needs validation, right? Yep. So I don't want you to feel like this, it's, it's not an alienating feeling, like everybody requires that why am I attracted to men that aren't good for me? It's like, I get this, you know, it's not that they're not good for me from the get go because I wouldn't be connected. Correct. Yeah. They're good for me at the start. Mm. Right. And then essentially a lot of the time we fall in love with the potential. We see this, like, like we said, he's taking me to dinner and he's calling me and texting me all the time and he wants to do things, et cetera, Mm. et cetera. And then when the red flags, which we'll talk about in a minute, come up, (laughs) We're like, oh, what's that about, mm. right? And then they start behaving in ways that we don't value, but we allow it because yeah. we're like, but at the start, he was doing this, 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 and this. And so maybe he'll return to doing that. Mm. I don't know. And then we're in this like limbo. Mm. And so that toxicity is a push and pull. Again, when we're talking about anxious attachment, yeah, it's like better to be loved than mm. not loved at all. And then even when this happens to me, I almost drop into a, okay, well, he was perfect at the beginner. So maybe I've done something wrong. Maybe I'm me? doing, is it me? And then it's always, and that's what I feel like, women are always like, oh, well, maybe it's me. And it's like, I've gotten to an age where I'm 30, where I'm finally starting to realize I'm at the tip. Like I'm not even anywhere near the bottom, but yeah. of being like, well, maybe it isn't me. And maybe it's things outside of that. So I, I, I'm, that's why I'm excited to have you on because younger listeners will hear this and yep. know a little bit earlier. Yeah. You know, when, when women come to me and say, I don't understand why I'm attracted to men who don't treat me right and it's mm. like well you're allowing that because the, at the first yes, sign of someone not treating you right we then have to be like okay i've identified this information what am i gonna do about it yeah if someone's serving you something on a silver platter and they're like hey i don't respect your time hey i don't respect your boundaries hey i'm not gonna give you what you're looking for mm-hmm. and they're literally waving it in your face and you're like um, you're like, what are you? I, mi- mean? I missed that. I missed <laughs> what that. Are you talking what? About? <laughs> um, I had my visor I on. I, I couldn't see. <laughs> right, and it's like we have to show up for ourselves in these moments and go, 
what do I value in a relationship? What is important to me? Mm. And and I do this, I play this game with my clients where, you know, it's, it's a card game with like lots of different values that are important for healthy relationships. And I make them draw out the cards that they feel are important to them in a relationship. And then the ones that are not so important. Yeah. Um, and often the, the things that the not so important pile are like, order, skillfulness, yeah. <laughs> right? They're like, I don't need that shit. That's fine. Things that are like really important are like respect, honesty, mm. persistence, and not persistence like he calls you 97 times and shows no. up to your house no, uh, is working through adversity. But you know what? In saying that, in this day and age, I think that's one thing that's a big thing for me is persistence and re- and um, resilience. Like I want in my partner to we don't have one fight and they go, oh, it's too much for me. Persistence and resilience are really important traits to have in a healthy relationship because, you know, shit mm. goes rough. Yeah. Nothing is ever going to be smooth sailing, especially if you're, you know, wanting to commit to a relationship long term. You want to be with someone who will ride with you and be like you know yes we can acknowledge that shit's been you know it's hard and having resilience aids in being able to get through adversity and and you know the hiccups and the bumps that come along with being in a relationship with anyone really whether it's a romantic one or a friendship or you know a co-worker we always have to have this like strength in being like okay it's not all rainbows and butterflies and I can work with this person in order to process through the challenges that we're facing rather than it being me versus you. It's more so me and you versus the problem. Um, and, you know, I know that you were saying like these people cut and run when shit gets hard. And, and that is, I guess, the first red flag um, <laughs> that, that you want to be picking up on. Can this person stand by me? And, and vice versa, can I stand by this person when things don't seem too fucking happy and, and joyful and fun? Um, because unfortunately, life isn't that way. And, you yeah. know, the resilient are, you know, it's about survival of the fittest in that, in that way. And, and it's an emotional um, resilience that's so important. Yeah, I love that. Um, so next question is how to tell early signs of red flags and manipulation. So this is really important for me to listen to you right now <laughs> because <laughs> of the love bombing that I get. So basically they're all perfect in the first four months, you know, they do all the right things and then they start dipping out. So what's early signs that you can flag there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's important to look at your boundaries in relationships because mm. sure there's collectivist red flags where, you know, abuse in any sort, um, whether it's physical, financial, sexual, um, emotional, mental, whatever it may be, those are the pretty standout things. Um, yeah. Even though, you know, although we think they're standout, a lot of the time when you have the love goggles on, um, those things are minimized and, you know, you attribute them to, oh, but he was having a stressful day and, you know, but we've been fighting for so long and I irritated him and so on and so forth. And it's like when yeah. you start to shift blame onto yourself for the reasons as to why you're being treated in this way, that in itself is a red flag, right? When you start yeah. to doubt yourself, when you start to invalidate your own emotional experience because, mm. you know, he has made you feel like you're being dramatic, you're over, you know, you're overdoing it, you're so sensitive, everything's so personal to you, yeah. so on and so forth. That's gaslighting, right? So gaslighting is yeah. essentially trying, getting us to feel like we're insane. Like I didn't, you know, I didn't say that or 
you make yourself cry. Mm. All of these things that make us doubt what we're exactly feeling and thinking and, and emoting. It's like this invalidation and complete manipulation of, of the situation itself. And I understand that people have different perceptions of how things work. Um, everyone lives in their own experience and their own truths. But when looking out for red flags, it's like, where am I being disrespected in my boundaries? And what boundaries are essentially are mutually respectful relationships. I get what I need, you get what you need and, and vice versa. And when you start to feel like the things that you know are happening to you or you know you're feeling, but this other person is like, no, you're not. I guess you're questioning your self-worth. You're questioning your self-esteem. You mm. think you're inferior. You think that you cannot be without this person, that they've made you feel like no one else is going to want you, you know, that you're so broken and damaged that like you're lucky that I'm dealing with you. So I just want anyone that's listening to remember that red flags simply are things that go against your boundaries, go against the values that you require, one, as a human being, and two, to be in a romantic relationship with someone. If it doesn't feel right, it's not right. And then that can just carry on for so long after that. Because even after you're out of the relationship, then you don't know how to listen to your intuition anymore because you've been told for so long that you're wrong. Correct. So you start to self-gaslight. Yeah. I wrote an article about this maybe like a month ago or something. And so many of my clients that read it were like, oh, that's me. I've been doing that. (laughs) And I was like, well, yeah, if you're modeled one way for Mm. so long, you then start to doubt your own thoughts and feelings and emotions. Yeah. And you're like, am I being, am I being dramatic? Like, am I overdoing this? That yep. story that I just told my girlfriend about what happened last night, did I inflate that to like, look like the victim? And it's mm. like, again, invalidating your own experiences are going to perpetuate more so that other people are going to do the same thing in the next round of relationship or dating that you're yeah. like, well, I've been manipulated for this long. I've now started to manipulate myself and I, I've, I've invalidated why, what I'm experiencing. And so my boundaries have completely been scrapped. And now I'm going into this new situation ship slash relationship. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm going to model that same behavior. Why would it change if I don't stop and reflect and, and go, Hey, what happened in this last relationship was not okay. And what I'm doing to myself is not okay. I need to heal from that before I ever, 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 ever. And I stress this so bad that you get into another relationship with those same wounds, you will just bleed out over there. (laughs) (laughs) Next question is how do I know if a therapist is right for me? Um, Is a right fit for me? Cool. So, being in therapy is this really huge raw exchange of emotion and you want to feel safe and you want to feel secure you don't want to feel judged you don't want to feel like like this person has a bias on your experience and you obviously want to like vibe with the person on an individual level as well like beyond you know the intervention and and the experience and the the knowledge this person may have it's like, well, if I'm going to be in a room or via Zoom with someone for, you know, 50 minutes at a time, weekly, fortnightly, monthly, I want to, one, I want to look forward to seeing that person just like on an individual level. Yeah. And then two, I want to feel comfortable enough to, to divulge all of the things that I carry and, and mm. not feel like that information is ever going to be misconstrued or there's going to be assumptions made and, and so on and so forth. So the trial and error of, of, 
finding a psychologist may be daunting to a lot of people. And I know that like, it's hard to find, you know, a GP, for example, that you feel super comfortable with, because we disclose pretty sensitive information um, with a GP as well. But most of the time, people are like, what if I'll just see the next available kind of thing, they don't really build a rapport with that um, GP, or some other people have been seeing their GP since the day they were born. Yeah. You know, and so just as you would find a, a relationship that is safe and secure with a GP, you want to feel the same way with a, with a psychologist or a therapist that you're seeing. If you if you go into a first session with someone and you're like, oh, vibes are off, right? <laughs> it may not be anything at all. You may have not gotten into anything, but you're just uncomfortable. And And let me flag that and say, of course, going into a situation where you have to be vulnerable and you have to, um, I guess, open up to some to a complete stranger is in itself anxiety provoking. You will yeah. get that gut response that comes up for you. Um, I call my sessions cry club because every single time someone sits down in front of me, they just burst into tears. <laughs> and I'm like, you are the latest welcome um, member of cry club. And they're like, it's just my bedroom every night. <laughs> You know, I, I love to destigmatize crying. For, for me, it's this cathartic response that happens after you just shed all. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't ever, I, I literally clap. I'm like, welcome to Cry Club. I, just, I go straight into the science of crying. I'm like, crying releases endogenous opioids that make you feel cathartic. And they're like, oh, um, okay. <laughs> She's right. Like, I did so, think I'm a little sad. <laughs> most, I mean, I guess in 2021, there is lots of different avenues to find a psychologist, whether it's on Instagram, whether, you know, you search it up on Google, whether your friend or your cousin or, you know, the person that you saw at the bus stop sees psychologists and they rave on about them, you know, word of mouth, or the OG way is going to your GP, getting yourself a mental health care plan. And we are so, so freaking grateful and and um, fortunate enough to have this scheme um, in Australia where you get to access um, a number of sessions with a psychologist, either bulk build, meaning that <clears throat> you pay nothing out of pocket when you see a psychologist. And, you know, yes, there is an abundant wait list for, mm-hmm. especially after, you know, what we've all been through as a collective, um, or yeah. you then get a rebate from Medicare for a full fee session psychologist as well. So pre-pandemic, we had 10 Medicare sessions. You did six, you get a review, and then the doctor will allocate four more. And then you have to pay out of pocket if that's the case, or if it's bulk bill, then you have to wait to the next calendar year. With full fee session psychologists, the same thing, except it's just rebated out of that full fee. But since the pandemic, we've had 20 sessions, so 10 extra sessions um, with the pandemic scheme, um, hoping, fingers crossed, that that stays as is, even after COVID has yeah, it's amazing. gone away. I hope it goes away. Mm-hmm. Go away, COVID. But, yeah, it's been amazing because people can access these services. And, yeah, like I said, if you go see a GP, they recommend you to someone. You go sit with this person and you're like, uh, no. <laughs> No, 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 no. Right? Please don't give up on therapy. It is it is not about the therapy. It's just like, okay, this doesn't work for me. Let me go and find someone else, right? Don't give yeah. up on it the first time. Don't even give up on it on the third time, right? But when you do find someone that fits and you feel comfortable, you don't feel judged, then that is a that can be a lifelong relationship. 
Yes. Uh, and it's really, really beautiful. I mean, I've got to watch people literally tra like transition into all of these parts of their lives. It's like, you know, I've seen, I've seen young people through high school and then they've gotten into uni and then they've gradu graduated uni and got into relationships and got engaged and, you know, bought their first property or traveled the world on their own and you had heartbreak and had lost and grief and all of these yeah. different transitional periods. And although I know that anyone that sees a psychologist is super grateful for their psych and I'm like I'm so grateful for, for my client to have allowed me into this part of their life and just bear yeah. all and trust me with that information that's yeah that makes me warm and fuzzy on the inside <laughs> the next question was how what if I can't afford a psychologist but you, you've covered that there yes just quickly in case people don't know do you always have to get a referral no okay so if you're going to see a bulk billing psychologist Yes, you yep. do have to get a referral and a mental health care plan because that's the process that Medicare then assigns that, that number of sessions to the psych and to yourself. Yep. But if you want to see a psychologist privately, you do not have to get any paperwork and you can just go yep. and book a psychologist and obviously assert to them that you're um, doing it privately and then you have to pay a full session fee. A lot of the time people use private health funds as well. Uh, some of the covers do psychology Another great way to see a psych is through an EAP system, which is um, the program that large organizations have for their employees, which is amazing yes. as well. Yeah. There's a government website called Head to Health that has a lot of information on you know, crisis numbers and accessibility to therapists, and they've got programs and they've got lots of psychoeducation and things like that. That's, that's an amazing place as well. Crisis lines like Lifeline and Kids Helpline are an amazing mm. way, you know, Beyond Blue, the Black Dog Institute, Listen, which is an online platform as well, where you can source out psychologists and, you know, do it from the comfort of your home. There's so, so many yeah. ways now that we can access these services, but you just gotta, you just gotta get looking, you know, and it's, Take I know, the first step. yeah, I know that it's not widely talked about. It is much more talked about now than it has ever been, which like makes me so, so happy. But again, you know, I, I do random polls on Instagram. I'm like, how, you know, how likely are you to go and see a psychologist? Do people in your family speak about therapy? Do your friends speak about therapy? You know, and there's always like a mixed bag. Like people still stigmatize it and think that you're quote unquote crazy. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. on that point, and I really want to reiterate this for your, your listeners today is like, if you were crazy, like the definition of crazy, how would you sit down, assess your current situation, have the insight and self-awareness to then go and search for a psychologist, make the booking, go and see a GP, adhere to the session time, <laughs> go and get your paperwork, yeah. send the paperwork off, adhere to your session time with your psychologist, get dressed, <laughs> commute there, or log into a Zoom link, sit down and be like, hey, blah, 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 it's happening for me. Bruh, if that's crazy, sign me up. <laughs> I'm crazy as shit. <laughs> If you can give us two boss bitch ways to get through a breakup. One, you are the most important person in your life, right? Amen, baby. So <laughs> we're in it for the snaps. Okay. Think about this. I remember it being probably like 2014 or some shit like that, but I was going through some shit. 
<laughs> and my supervisor at the time said to me, I want you to think about this. I want you to treat Nancy like someone you're responsible for. Mm. And I was like, okay, what do you mean by that? And she said, if I said to you, hey, I want you to take Nancy for the week. She's going through it. (laughs) And I need you to take care of her for me. What would you do? And I said to her, okay, um, I'd I'd make sure that she's hydrated. I'd make sure that she was eating right. I would make sure that she was sleeping good. I would make sure that she was feeling connected and socializing and and feeling love and support. I would address her emotions. I would not judge her. I would acknowledge what she was feeling and thinking. I would allow her rest when she needed it. I would not make her feel shame or guilt for experiencing whatever she was experiencing. I would just listen. Right. And I I wouldn't treat her like she was this like burden on me because I need to take care of her. Right. And when you take care of someone, you you really do look at what they need as a whole, whether it's physical, whether it's mental. You know, I'd take her out in the sun and I'd make sure that she got a minute to herself and made sure she exercised and all of those really important things that nurture us innately on the inside. That's what I would do for her. And I was like. I see what you did there. Okay. (laughs) Hold on a minute. (laughs) You mean don't feed her McDonald's at 2 o'clock in the morning and watch 17 (laughs) episodes of... Okay. Yeah. I see where you're coming from now. Oh, my God. And that blew my mind, Mm. right? And I say this to every single client that I ever see. I want you to treat yourself like someone you're responsible for. And just like we would never make our friend or our family member that came to us and was, you know, going through a breakup and go, oh, honestly, you're a joke. Like, just stop, man. <laughs> Girl, come over. What's going on? You know, let's yeah. let's sit and talk about it. Treat yourself that same way. Yeah. Right? That wholeheartedly is, I mean, I know it's multifaceted, but that is truly the way that I would break up I would break up I would deal with the breakup <laughs> I love that and number two would be well after conquering that uh very long list of things <laughs> block and delete e- oh my god okay it is so underrated how important it is to cease contact whilst you are healing right if you need to block instagram facebook snapchat emails bank details Mm -hmm. whatever it is whatever it is netflix (laughs) you look your rational self will come in fleeting waves and will go, no, it's fine. I'm strong. I don't need to speak to him. It doesn't matter. I don't want to be childish. I'm not immature about this. I'll Mm. just leave it, right? That's all well and good. But rationality comes and goes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And your emotional self is like, but let me just quickly check. And let me just quickly like see when he was last online. What was he doing like yesterday? And who is he with? And what girl? Oh my God, I saw that girl's like jeans in the other photo and (laughs) blah, 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 right? And it's like, don't do that to yourself because you're already hurting. You're in pain. 
why are you going to perpetuate that feeling? You don't need to. Now, I'm not saying that down the track, when you feel like you're in a space that you've really given yourself 100% in terms of healing, that you're like, you know what? I'm okay to have this person in contact with me in whatever capacity. Yeah. That's a you that's a you situation to deal with, right? But please just do yourself a favor and disconnect from something that is going to feed into the wounds and just focus on you. Mm. Right? Now, not like I said, I'm not saying it's permanent, but please do yourself that favor. Yeah. Right off the but there is nothing worse than having an open wound and then sprinkling salt and lime juice mm. into it every single time you come across something or he texts you and I miss you, but I can't give you what you want. And da, 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 da. and it's like, why? You don't, you owe yourself that much that you need to heal and, and honor the pain that you're experiencing and, and give yourself back what you really deserve. Yeah. Absolutely. Cut that shit off. Cut that shit off. I literally blocked one of my exes on everything, but I still use his Netflix, didn't I? And he changed my name to Are You Okay? Thanks for checking in, bro. I was like, come on now. Come on now. Okay. I just... Is he watching your suggestion? Is that why? <laughs> He's like, I see you're sad. Are you okay? <laughs> so I just changed it back to my name. I was like, I'll continue using his Netflix. Thank you. I'll have that fourteen ninety five a month. Thank you very much. <laughs> so I got in the divorce. Thank you. Um, <laughs> amazing, Nancy. Thank you so much for coming on. This has been an incredible chat. You are a world of knowledge. Um, where can people That's find it. you? So I have a website, www.psychwithsocks.com, mm-hmm. um, which is a bit of everything on there. And then I'm on Instagram at psychwithsocks. So my last name's Sicano. And everyone in high school used to call me socks. And so here we are. Um, yeah, but those are the easiest way to find me. Thank you so, so much. You're an absolute you, legend. Indeed. I can't wait for everyone to listen. Me too. I'm so excited. I hope you guys love this episode. Indy is an amazing host. <laughs> <laughs>